What is going on, everybody? It is Joey Elbaum. Welcome back to another episode of Scoreboard. As I said, I'm Joey Elbaum. I'm joined by Will Camardella and Daniel Palmore. And today, I feel like there's nothing else we should talk about other than kind of the big talk of the town this week, basketball. We got to talk about USC's big win over UCLA, talk about Drew Peterson's kind of crazy out-of-nowhere performance, something that all of us were excited to see, and also touching DeMar DeRozan, kind of killing it in the NBA. So we got all this to come, and without further ado, let's kind of get into it. As we, as I'm sure we're aware, uh, USC took on the team out west, the uh, UCLA Bruins, last weekend, and what a game it was. Will, do you care to talk about how that game was? Well, look, I feel all year long when you talk about what USC was able to do. I, I'm never somebody who says that a record of 20-4, and 21-4 and four is going to be smoke and mirrors. But the one thing that everyone kept saying, especially with the conference record, is USC lacked that sort of signature win. Beat, taking on another team in the top 25 and beating them, they hadn't even really gotten the chance yet until they played Arizona tough, but they couldn't pull out there. So I think in many ways this UCLA win, just because of the quality of opponent and the way in which uh, USC was able to beat them, changes the entire way we talk about them, despite the fact that they've had such a great record all year. Yeah, and, and Daniel, what do you got to add to that? Uh, great points by everyone. I just want to say uh, I think this was definitely a signature win for the Trojans with the record that they were having and just the way that they needed a signature win. I just love the way that the team rallied together with the absence of Isaiah Mobley. That was a huge absence, and the team still found a way to get it done. And one thing that I noticed throughout the game, it was a close game throughout. I just think every time UCLA made it close or made a big shot, USC or Drew Peterson specifically always had an answer. So it was just fun to see the team keep going, like not giving up and just fighting all the way to the end and picking up a the best one of the season, honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think all year we hear from all the critics, oh, USC can't do this, USC can't do that, they haven't played a ranked opponent, oh, they lost to Arizona. But I think, I mean, now we've kind of seen it. They they kept that game with Arizona close. They had a they had a lead, I think, with five minutes left um, and kind of some bad possessions kind of lost it for them. But close game against Arizona, and now they've beaten a, a 12-ranked UCLA to bring them now from 21 to 17th in the AP poll. I just think it goes to show this Trojan team can fight. This Trojan team knows what they're capable of, especially without their leading scorer, rebounder, and assist player, Isaiah Mobley, without with a broken nose. It, it really kind of shows that this team can fight, and in the big moments, they have guys that will step up. You know, both Chavez Goodwin and freshman, uh, freshman uh, Reese Dixon Waters both came up big, both with 10 points in that game. Kind of every Trojan knew their role. In that game but here, here was the thing that was so interesting to me, because obviously the big story going in was there was going to be no Isaiah Mobley. Uh, literally, a lot of people thought he just missed that Pacific game out of, out of precaution to get him ready for that UCLA game. Obviously, that didn't happen, which, you know, uh, the expectation is he'll be back rec recording this Thursday. He'll be back against Washington tonight. But it goes beyond just Isaiah Mobley they were missing, because Boogie Ellis did not score a point. He was their second leading scorer. Their third leading scorer is Chavez Goodwin. He had 10 points, but he was 3 of 9 yeah, from the UCLA floor. UCLA just kept the, kept the inside yeah. The reason USC won this game is because they played to their identity defensively. They did the same thing they do all year, which is to make life miserable for their opponents. They used yeah. their size, and all over the floor, UCLA couldn't do what they wanted to do offensively. I, I think USC kept the Bruins to like 30%. They shot 34% from the yeah. field. Using and Jaime Huckes Jr., I think, combined for less than 40% shooting. Yeah, yeah. 6 for uh, 27 from the field, two of them combined. They shot 25% in the second half, UCLA did. And, oh, by the way, USC blocked 
10 shots. This is a defensive team. They've we'll, been a defensive team all we'll, year. We'll get to it later, but and that's Drew, how they went. Drew Peterson with five blocks in yeah, that game was right. phenomenal. Phenomenal play by and, Peterson. We'll get to that. Something else that everyone's been talking about all year, the free throw struggles for SC as a team. They were 11 of 12. Yeah. So when they needed to it, make their free throws, they made them. It just goes to show when you play, I can't say perfect basketball, but when you play fundamental basketball, how you're taught and how you practice and what you expect from your team, the results show. And it, it really showed with that Trojan team. They're not the most, they don't have the most uh, well-known names across the nation like some teams do, but as a team, they can come together. They really know how to get this job done. Considering UCLA's firepower offensively, I, I mean, I, I you could say they played a pretty good, close to perfect game defensively. I mean, it, it was that good. But the thing that was so interesting to me, and so the defense is what was the same from all year, and they just did it against a much better opponent. What was different is the way they responded offensively to what UCLA wanted to do. Because what UCLA wanted to do, essentially, was the same thing that every big-time opponent has done against USC, which is we are going to completely lock down the paint, as we already said. Every time Chavez got the ball in the low post, double-team, every single time. They dared USC... Beat us shooting the basketball. And, we don't think you can did. do it. And, they did. and they for did. once, USC was <laughs> I mean, actually yeah. able to do Peterson, that. Peterson, four for five from three. Uh, Goodwin, or Dixon Waters, two of three from three-point line. It just goes to show, even with Boogie not having a great game, uh, I, I think it was 13 minutes before he scored a bucket, maybe more. He so, did not score. He, uh, really? Yeah, he, he had zero Boogie points. Ellis. Yeah, he didn't score. Dang. Well, yeah. So, I mean, even that goes to show, basically, sure, Boogie's presence is important, but another top score for the team goes to show that the Trojans' depth really carried them in that game. Yeah, and Boogie knew when to facilitate, too. Like, of he course, got to a course. point he had the open three, but he made the extra pass, right. get it to the hot hand in Peterson. So, you know, if you if you don't have it, which obviously he didn't that night, uh, it's good to know you can still distribute the basketball. Yeah, I mean, and it's worth noting, too, uh, Campbell of the uh, Bruins had a 27-point game as well, same as Peterson. Uh, but it just wasn't enough without Jaime Hawkes Jr. and Johnny Duzang kind of carrying their weight. It goes to show it's fully as a team game. Absolutely. So I guess it's not worth talking about the Trojans unless we talk about their future now. So about five, six games left in the regular season before Pac-12 tournament play and the March Madness tournament. Trojans kind of solidified their place at least somewhere in the tournament, hovering around a five, six seed, it seems like. Um Let's talk about some of their important games coming up. Obviously, that uh, Arizona game has been rescheduled to March 1st at the Galen Center. That's a big one, closing out the year with UCLA and uh, on March 5th. Those two games, I think, are big end-of-season tests to see what the Trojans are really capable of and if they have it in them. Daniel, what do you have to say about these upcoming games? Yeah, most definitely. Very big tests, but I think as a USC fan and as USC fans, we should go into these games with very high optimism because this team has shown that when guys can't get it going, they can step up like Drew Peterson last game. And they've also shown that when they get off to some slow starts, such as the UC Berkeley game or the game against Pacific, that they can rally around, get big stops, and come back. Obviously, like you said, Joey, those two games, Arizona and UCLA, are the ones that everyone's circling as a measuring stick for the Trojans to see where they're at and how they can compete against some of the best. So they should be all be great games going down the stretch. Well, also those two games that I'm specifically looking now, Oregon. your last three, Oregon, 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 Oregon yep. Arizona, UCLA. Yep. What, a way, t- what a way to close the season. Uh, if you ta- So that's the top four teams, including USC, in the Pac-12. Those three games could very well decide oh, where USC ends up in the Pac-12 tournament, Yeah, which obviously matchups is everything in a tournament like that. You have to play maybe three days in a row, so that that's huge. And the thing that's interesting to me, is that Arizona game really stands out to me. And it stands out to me because it's at home. 
Because the one thing we did not talk about yet from last Saturday sold out is the crowd. fans. The crowd. Most, most tickets sold to a game at the Galen Center since 2006, their first yeah. game there. And I, I will tell you, I genuinely thought watching that game, the way UCLA played offensively early, I thought they were rattled. I thought yep. they missed some early easy layups uh, early was, on. I was there. It was loud. I mean, for it the I, I'd there. say for the first time in two years, USC had a legit home court advantage. So if any USC, USC fans are listening to this, I'll just let you know right now. We, we, you make a difference. You filling make, you that make building. Difference. Keep filling the building. And if you want evidence, I mean, look at the atmosphere you yeah. created on Saturday. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, just looking at videos, looking at the post game kind of footage of. Just what it brings to the USC players as well. I, uh, in an interview with Andy Katz, Drew Peterson was kind of talking about just what that atmosphere does to the team. It just it just fires them up. It gives them more of a reason to want to win. They're hungry for that win because the fans there want them to win. For sure. It's almost like having a sixth man on the court because you know all the fans in there are going to be on your side. So it's just a big momentum changer and big plus for the team. Yeah, and it's a bunch of college kids, right? Like you're I mean, you're dreaming your entire high school career of getting an opportunity like that and because of all the covid issues, they they hadn't really gotten a chance to really feel that atmosphere yet. I mean, what a perfect uh situation though to be there and and look, with Arizona coming to town, I mean, if Arizona picks up a loss or two down the stretch, the one seed in the Pac-12 could be on the line, and that's a huge game. I expect a, a yeah, similarly um, hey, I'll raucous. S- I'll say it early. That's a Tuesday night, everybody. So oh, yeah. I understand there's homework, there's things going on. It's a Tuesday. <laughs> but circle your calendars. Get that's, it done that's early. Get it done early. It's a game you're not going to want to miss. For sure. That one. And, I mean, honestly, are people going to be making the trek to, to Poly Pavilion in Westwood on, on March 5th? Uh, I was – I was surprised there actually weren't many UCLA fans yeah. at Gala. Like right. relative, it was, what would you say, maybe 90-10 yeah, in no, favor yeah. of USC? I, I just think tickets sold so quickly. for They sold quickly, and they're expensive. Look, I, it's a Saturday night. So. Yeah, it was it was the hot ticket in town. You got that game, Super Bowl, the next day. I mean, yeah. what a hot weekend in sports for, oh for a Trojan fan, huh? Oh, yep. boy. From, from L.A., Rams fan, too. What a, what a weekend it was. Now, I think – there's no, there's no talking about the big win on Saturday without talking about the man that made it happen. 27 points, 12 rebounds, I believe four assists, five blocks, career high in blocks, uh, fourth double-double of his college career, Drew Peterson, the senior, number 13. I mean, he kind of did it all last last week. Uh, he, he knew his, his role needed to be bigger than ever before. He knew how, how large of a scaled game this was, and... He rose to the challenge. He really he put on a show for the Trojan fans. What do we have to say about that performance? Um, I'd say going back to opening night of the season, uh, you remember that for the first game they had against um, Northridge? Yes, Northridge. And it wasn't because he went off against Northridge that I thought he was going to have a really huge step forward in his senior year. It's just the the quality of shots he was knocking down. Like I it, you could tell there was a different gear he, from him from the start. He shot 67%. But again, to do it against a quality opponent like UCLA, I mean, let's be fair. I mean, the only reason USC was up in that first half is because he couldn't miss a three-point shot. He was three for three in that first half. I talked about the one he got from Boogie, the one right off the inbound with the defender right in his face. I mean, this was in so many ways, the signature game of his collegiate career. I think you just pointed on that, the turn-and-shoot aspect of his game. I think for one of the first times this season, he was just not afraid to pull up from anywhere on the court. He trusted himself. His teammates trusted him to make the shot, and he, he finally was able to take take those risks. And, I mean, in the interview, he kind of was talking about how uh, this was the time he'd been working on a shot, trying to figure it out after a couple of 
of poor shooting performances against Arizona State, Arizona, and Pacific. And now jumping back in a game like this, I mean, Daniel, what do you have to say kind of about the fearlessness we saw from Peterson on Saturday? Yeah, it's a great point. And as I said in the beginning, it seems like he was the guy every time UCLA looked like they were coming back, looked like they were starting to gain momentum. He seemed to be the one who was willing to make a play, wasn't afraid to make a play. And just looking at some of the highlights right now, these shots that he's hitting, they're not just like wide open pull-up shots. These are contested shots that he has to create, use his handle to get separation. They're very difficult shots, and it came couldn't have come at a better time. But you know also, like, he must have felt going in that sort of pressure of, I have to be the guy tonight. With no Isaiah, with Boogie very early, it, it was clear he didn't have it. With what they were doing to Chavez in the paint, I mean, he is now the de facto guy that you have to turn to in those situations. And it tells you a lot about a player, especially considering the week he had prior with some bad, uh, with some poor shooting nights in the against the Arizona schools, to turn it around so quickly, and to really be that guy. I mean, that tells you he's got that sort of it factor that you're always looking for um, in huge games like that. And USC is going to be playing a lot of huge uh, games as we turn the calendar to March. So I mean, you couldn't feel better about it, really. Yeah. So. How do we like the Trojans' chances in March going into the Pac-12 tournament? And then, I mean, another thing Drew Peterson said in his interview with Andy Katz, their goal this year is the Final Four, according to Peterson. So it's it's interesting because they did make it to the Elite Eight last year, kind of a big run. Evan Mobley, Tajidi obviously helping that out. Mobley's killing it in the NBA, worth noting. Um, but uh, that's a bold statement, being putting yourself uh, as one of the top teams in the nation. I mean, Peterson said that. They had it in them. What do we think about that? I'm glad they're not shying away from expectations. I mean, the reality is when you're an Elite 18 the year before and you hang a banner because of it, the expectation is, okay, we need to take a next step now uh, if you're in that locker room. And, and look, a lot of guys remember what it was like to lose to Gonzaga last year. As far as how they can do it, obviously March Madness is all about matchups and we're going to have to see where they're slated. Right. The one thing I think that really needs to happen if they do want to go on a big run here, because the defense for me is a given. They've done it essentially all year. When they hold opponents to under 40% from the field, 17-0. 17-0 when they do that, which is going to make them a formidable matchup against any team. They do need more from Boogie Ellis. They do. I agree. Yeah, I, I think it's the inconsistency. I think Boogie, Boogie has it in him, but we've seen him drop 23 some nights. We've seen him drop 20s, uh, and then we've seen him drop 5, 3, 0. I think figuring it out a rhythm early on is so important for him. And if he, I think, yeah, I agree. I, in the end, that might be a, a make or break situation for the Trojans. If it might come down to boogie. For sure. Uh, all great points. I think uh, I like the aspirations that the team has to go to the final four, but you know, all the action happens on the court. So keep doing the simple things, not turning the ball over, making shots, getting stops on defense, uh, blocking shots. And like, if you want to call it a big three boogie, uh, Isaiah and Drew all have to play to their potential to beat some of these really high-ranked teams and go as far as possible in the tournament. Yeah, I think you can make that consistency point with Boogie. I think you can make it with a lot of guys on this roster, including yeah. Drew Peterson, obviously. Isaiah, I feel like you're really going to get where you're going to get. He's going to. You always know you're getting 15. He's going to get his 15 six, points seven, down the air. Maybe hit a perimeter three yeah, or yeah. two if he's feeling it that night. But a lot of those sort of the sort of supporting cast right. around him. And also guys off the bench, whether it be Agbonpolo, whether it be Dixon Waters, we know they can um, have nights where they're really contributing, maybe getting to double-digit points. But again, you can't afford to have a, a night off in March, no matter who you're playing, as we've seen over the years. Yeah, I mean, 
that's the thing. It, it, it's going to come down to do those three have it in them? Peterson had a, had a great experience at it last year. Uh, Isaiah Mobley as well. Uh, this is a big kind of step for Boogie Ellis, obviously with Memphis last year. Uh, didn't really go as planned, but Andy Enfield's been doing a good job with this team. He, he knows he knows what they need to do. I think figuring out their free throw shooting, being less scared to shoot, which we saw from them against UCLA, uh, are kind of the keys to long-term success in, in a March run. Yeah, and one more thing I'll point out. How about one big night in uh, the tournament from Mr. Harrison Hornery? Well, I can't <laughs> believe we haven't talked about it. it had five points uh, in, on the entire season going into that Pacific game, and he basically won them that game. Yeah, he scored that, 12 points since yeah, then. Yeah, coming in out of nowhere so from, look, from Australia. You're, you're looking for outside shooting, guys who aren't prepared. Maybe uh, someone from the land down under gets right. that done for him. All righty. Now, I think this wouldn't be a USC sports podcast unless we kind of talk about the guys that uh, that we think about the most. How about DeMar DeRozan? Leading the Chicago Bulls right now. I believe, are they still first in the East? I think Miami's still first, Miami but, took it's, it, but it's so close. I mean, DeMar DeRozan averaging 28 points per game, five rebounds, five assists, one of his best seasons thus far, an all-star, even in MVP conversations right now, especially after these last couple weeks. I mean, what do you have to say about the, the L.A. native, the USC alum? Uh, I would just, I'll start it off. I'm saying it's just really nice to see that he's sort of, I don't know if, when he was in San Antonio, I think he's honestly still the same player. He just wasn't getting the same usage and opportunity to play the way he needed to play. But uh, Coach Donovan, Billy Donovan in Chicago, has just found a way to maximize him with uh, Zach Levine, former Bruin, uh, uh, as we all know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's just a, been a really great season for DeMar. And he just broke a Wilt Chamberlain record with, like, five or five or eight straight 35 plus point games on 50 wow. percent shooting it's yeah, no, insane it's, it's crazy i mean even like the buzzer beaters earlier in the season and now just this tear he's on averaging basically 40 points per game it's it's kind of crazy to see especially because he's had some quiet years recently he was great in toronto and then i don't want to say disappeared because he was still great but Definitely got a little quieter as a player. And well, the, those stars in San Antonio have a way of just sort of following them because Popovich is not a superstar. Right. Coach. Like, obviously, Tim Duncan was Mr. Fundamental, right? So you get to a place like Chicago, they're just uh, equating themselves with being good again. They're they're actually tied for first with the Heat. They both have 38 wins. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just been an opportunity where he sort of had that chip on his shoulder. And he's like, all right, we're going to take the league by storm with the sort of team we put together in, in Chicago. And the funny thing is... I mean, you look all over the NBA. It's been a weird year for all for oh, some teams for better, some teams for worse. Yeah. If I told you that on uh, February seventeenth, the Nets would be out of the play-in, or excuse me, they'd be out of the top six, uh, you you uh, you wouldn't believe me unless they were injuries or something. But I mean, you look at the two two teams in the top four: Chicago Bulls, who you can't talk about them without talking about. DeRozan, and then in fourth place, the Cleveland Cavaliers, yeah, that's, that's who you can't talk sure. about without talking about their new rookie. How about it? Yeah. Uh, potential, potential rookie of the year. I mean, how about it? What a year he's having! Just came into the league by storm, uh, breaking. I, honestly, I think he broke my expectations. For I sure, think, I think he kind of came out really with a much stronger presence on the court than than I expected. Yeah, I mean, I, in some ways, I think he's better in the NBA than he was at USC. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes they, they fight up to their competition, right? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. And uh, just another thing with Evan, it seems like he's really not afraid of the moment being in the NBA, being a big name selected in the draft, because you know all these big rookies that get drafted, the vets want to sort of go at them a little bit and quote-unquote show them who's boss, but he's been playing really well, even like, a few weeks ago, had like a signature dunk over Giannis, 
which was pretty cool to see. And he'll actually be playing in the Rising Stars game on Saturday, yeah, so that's going to be a Mobley fun game. in the day. Rising Stars game. Uh, DeMar DeRozan will be in the All-Star game. Trojans all around. Trojans are everywhere. They're, they're just doing their thing out here. It's uh, absolutely – I mean, look, it, if there was any time to be a USC basketball fan, it would probably be now. Uh, hey, combined. football football fan too, just it's just around the corner, a couple seasons away. Robert couple, Woods, Super Bowl champ. Spring, spring and summer, and then, yeah – Shout out Robert Woods. Parade right outside the Coliseum. It's all, it's all happening in Southern it really California. Is. It really is. It's all happening. But I believe that is all the time we have today on Scoreboard. So I'd like to thank you for joining me once again. I'm Joey Elbaum. I'm Will Camerdella. Daniel Palmore. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Scoreboard. Scoreboard.